Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today, my guest is actor Harvey Guillen, who is best known for his role as Guillermo on the FX show, What We Do in the Shadows. His new film is Werewolves Within, a comedy horror movie based on the Ubisoft video game. He plays the role of Joaquin, a small town yoga instructor. This interview was recorded at the beginning of June. Well, first, let's just jump into the movie here, Werewolves Within. Why don't you just start off and just tell us what it's about? Sure. Werewolves Within is a comedy <laughs> based on the actual video game by Ubisoft. And it has an amazing cast. And um, it's, uh, it's, a really, it's a really whodunit because... The real question is who's the werewolf that we're all living with? And I think we can ask that question in society. Are you a werewolf or looking in the mirror, are you a monster? <laughs> <laughs> and if I asked you that question, what would you, your answer be? Um, I think I would be, yeah, I could be a werewolf. I mean, werewolves are strong and powerful. Um, I don't think I'm a monster. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd probably go for werewolf too because I feel like the other choice doesn't sound quite as... Uh... Well, nice. So, <laughs> but uh, you, your character, you play uh, Joaquim and uh, he's a yoga instructor. And um, I guess my first question, it's, by the way, the movie is really funny. Um, and you're very funny in it. Um, but is that character based off anyone or how did you come up with your approach for him? Um, no, when I, when Josh, the director called me up about the character, uh, you know, it was really important to me that it wouldn't be, a caricature, you know, because for so long we do see queer characters, gay characters being portrayed in such a flamboyant way, but it's over the top and it's not realistic because it's okay to be flamboyant. It's okay to be, you know, over the top, but it has to be grounded, you know, and that was my, my concern and my priority was to make this character, those, it could have those elements and be fun to play that, but to have it be grounded, like it has to feel like a real person, like this is a person that you could lived next door to, this person could be your best friend, this person could be someone you knew. So that was my main focus to, to keep this uh, character real with Joaquim. And then, you know, just developing the character with the mannerisms and the fashion sense and being a yoga instructor and being married to Cheyenne Jackson's character um, was kind of the, the, just the building of, you know, uh, this cake and the cherry on top was just all this fun humor that uh, revolved around it. <laughs> well, and, and I think um, especially fans of you or people who've seen you in different shows and films um, and performances, um, I think what, one thing I'm, I'm kind of surprised by is just like how you can go from something very nuanced to something that is funny, but still very believable and grounded. Um, does that come from the script? Does that come from the director or just like, this is what I feel like doing in this movie, you know? I think, you know, I think it's a combination of everything, but I think that for this character, I specifically made the choice to um, to show something different. You know, like you said, people, and I pride myself in doing characters that are different from each other, like Guillermo and what we do in the shadows is very different than Joaquin, very, very different. And if you put them next to each other, they're not recognizable in, in their character traits or the choices and their livelihoods and their lifestyles and whatnot. But for me, it's important to play characters um, that feels real. It feels like this is a real like person that I could watch, but also it's hilarious. And also there's moments of like, really, you know, for Joaquin, they're really over the top and flamboyant, but there's also really like soft moments where you remember that just like, 
this could be anyone, you know, you know. <laughs> so um, Werewolves Within is, is a comedy. It's a, it's a horror movie. And um, but it's also like an ensemble movie too, which um, I, I think of one recently that was very popular. It was like something like Knife, Knives Out. Um, and there's a number of shots in um, Werewolves Within where everyone's in frame. And there's one particular shot, I think it's maybe like a third through the movie, where the camera's kind of pulling back and it's, it's getting wider. So you can see more in the frame, but then characters are kind of stepping in and then kind of like stepping in front of each other and having these little mini scenes. What was it like to film that particular shot? Um, I mean, that was Josh's vision, you know, just like the actual presentation of how uh, we're in a closed quarters and we're definitely feeling compact into this, you know, environment but it's also, we're still very much separated. So it's very much like you can be in a small setting and it's very intimate, but you could be very much on your own, whether it's your opinions or your beliefs, your uh, whatever it is, you know, or your desires, you can stand alone in a, in a, in a very small room where you can feel you can be just, you know, rubbing elbows with everyone, but you're very much your own entity. And I think that's what he, you know, uh, accomplished with that shot. It's just, uh, even though we're all in this together, we're very much on our own. <laughs> Uh, I think the other thing I noticed about that is everyone in the shots very, very funny. Not only their characters, but just them as people in other movies and shows we've seen. And I'm wondering, what was that dynamic like on set to work with so many accomplished people who are very, very funny? It was a blast. I mean, going to set every day was, I keep saying, like going to comedy camp, where it's just like you, you know how you go to school or there's always that the funny, the class clown Imagine going to school and everyone is the class clown. Everyone's super funny and it, and you're there for it. Like everyone's like, you know, entertaining each other not by like putting on a sketch or a show, it's just like by being themselves or just organically funny people that just having a conversation with them. I think the first day on set, Sam and I must have broken a rib from laughing so hard. Just like it just, we hit it off and just joking about our nostalgia for old cartoons of like gummy bears and, uh, DuckTales and like all of these old cartoons that we were just like nostalgic about and just the idea that that's that's the environment you want to be in you never want to be on a set where you you know would wouldn't want to bump into someone in the hallway at 4 a.m because you're like oh not this person again it's like and that was not the case in this set we're like working late hours sometimes overnight into the morning and you were always happy to see the person in your cast and in the crew so it's always a delight to to get that card handed to you and did you guys ever like fall into certain roles you kind of alluded to like a camp and i feel like after a while like oh this person's kind of like the leader this person's kind of like the one who gets us in trouble we did live in a camp uh setting we were living in cabins while filming this in upstate new york and we didn't have TV in the cabins. We didn't have internet really. Um, and so then we have a communal like, uh, you know, kitchen where you can make dinner because everything closes in the town like at 7 p.m. or something. And so we would wrap like, you know, later and we'd be like, oh, I'm hungry. So we go to the kitchen. Everyone had like a late night quesadilla. Someone's like in charge that night. I cooked a couple of dinners and like people would rotate and we're going to the market. Who wants something? So it became like a little like literally a community and a family where everyone's looking out for each other and everyone's there for each other. So it was very nice. And and, different, and people took on different roles, of course. I think I became kind of like mothering and like, it's like, it's like did you eat something? I'm gonna make you something. It's like, I remember making, uh, you know, some of the cast like just late night nachos or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting very hungry, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, the movie is definitely a comedy movie. It's a, a horror movie. And I'm wondering, what are some of your favorite comedy horror films? Mm, 
what we do in the shadows, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Um, just because Taika and Jermaine did such an incredible job with that. And so I think that's kind of my favorite. And I'm not just because it's, you know, the original to like the offspring of uh, what I now get to play with, but because it lives on its own, you know, it's its own entity. It's like its own um, universe. And so even though what we do in the shadows is a spinoff of that, um, it's different characters uh, just in the same, you know, world. So it's very nice to, to be a part of that lineage. So I would say that. Well, and I think a lot of people might, um, oh, they hear the title like Werewolves Within and they see some of the cast and they might kind of lump it in with something like what we do in the shadows. But um, I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about like some of the similarities they might have, but also some of the differences. They both have incredibly talented, funny people um, at the helm. And so it's very nice to to have that because it, you, sometimes you get to set in like, there's one comic relief, right? And then there's the leading man, and there's the leading woman, and there's the love interest. So everyone's playing a role um, in this formula. But in, in these projects, uh, both of them, it, everyone is so perfect in their role that the comedy is just oozing out. And it's just uh, brilliant. And it's uh, such a treat because that's not always the case, you know? Um, you're only as strong as, I guess, your weakest comedian, and there's no weak comedians anywhere. So you're a very strong team. <laughs> Um, I've heard you talk a bit before about your, um, your, 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 you play like the role of the sidekick um, a lot or like a, like the comic relief a lot. And um, as someone who, who years ago did theater and would get cast in very similar roles, um, how do you navigate that to, to keep it interesting for yourself, but also define roles that kind of push that a little bit too? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that we're moving in the right direction, but we have a lot of work to do for so long. Um, certain body types, uh, ethnicities, you know, are being seen as only one type and one uh, role. And I think we're moving in the direction of, you know, Guillermo is a sidekick in a way, but he's the straight man in the show. And for Shadows, if you look at the ridiculousness of like the characters are vampires, the way their lifestyle, it's almost farcical, you know, the way they, the vampires are, but Guillermo is grounded and he's human. And so in a weird way, um, by omission or by association to being a psychic to uh, Nandor, he's also become a partner in crime and also become just as uh, powerful. And so we've seen him kind of like the trajectory of a storyline where it's like, he could have been sleeping on Guillermo in season one and be like, oh, he's just there. He looks at the camera when we know it's, you know, something's happening and whatnot. And then to get the climax of season two finale and just like, whoa. And it's like, yeah, don't make assumptions and don't make, you know, judge a book by its cover. You don't know how powerful people are. And so as a sidekick, I would say um, he's slowly turning into a very much badass leading man. Um, I think part of that is also just because you have that time on a TV show. And I'm wondering, is that something that appeals more about being on a TV show is the fact that you would have a longer time for your character to be developed versus like a movie where it's like, I got this, I got the three minutes or whatever, and I'm done. You know, I don't have any control over the writing in the writer's room. Um, you know, maybe we have a little bit of conversation, but it's rare, you know, uh, it's the, the story and the trajectory of the character are being developed without you, you know, knowing about it. And so, but it is kind of a cool anticipation that you have. You're like, I wonder what this season is going to bring to this character. You just don't know. And uh, and so with the show, you get that luxury of like watching something grow and anything is possible. And the possibilities are, you know, endless when like you're thinking down the line and whatnot. 
And with the movie, it's very much like, this is where you're starting, this is the middle and this is the end. So it's your job to fill in those like spaces with deliciousness, you know? And it's just like, <laughs> there's two different worlds, like, you know, the film and the television world, but I love both of them because you still create these characters, you bring them to life and you try to do them justice. <laughs> Um, we've, we've talked a little bit about uh, what we do in the shadows and uh, I wanted to ask you, how is Nandor? Uh, the last time I tracked you was fine. <laughs> uh, Kayvon's brilliant. Kayvon, the actor who plays Nandor on the show. Um, he's so loving and wonderful and the funniest person I've ever met. Like, I think we, we have so many scenes together, you know, in the past seasons that um, I'm so grateful and glad that we do because uh, I love showing up to work and he's there and we make a joke and go into the makeup trailer and I, I always on cue know he's going to say when he opens the door he goes hey man uh, and it's the way he says hello in the mornings and I, I've copied him and so before he even gets in the trailer he opens the door and I go hey man and he goes hey man so uh, yeah he's lovely uh, and the kindest human being and one of the most talented people I've ever met. You guys have such great chemistry in that show. And, uh, and I know they just announced the, the third season. Have you guys filmed that season yet? Or is it something you're yeah, doing? We, we wrapped uh, season three was wrapped a month ago. And we announced it. We announced it yesterday. So season three is coming out. And we're super excited about it. I just think that it's super fun. We wrapped it. We we're trying to, you know, create content as fast as we could for our fans who love the show. And we we did it. We did it and we did it safely and it'll be here before you know it. September's right around the corner. Um, but yeah, Kevon and I have really great chemistry, which is so weird because I was scheduled to have a chemistry read with him early on um, when I auditioned and that never came to fruition. So I actually got the role um, just with the audition tape. And actually I wasn't the perfect fit because the character was 20 years older than I am. And I wasn't right to audition for him. So that only goes to prove my point that like sometimes when you write a character and you're like, it has to be this, you know, 22 year old or it has to be this 58 year old. It's like, cause sometimes you never know, you know, you can an actor from afar visually and paper and be like, oh, it looks great. And then you get to send the chemistry not there or it's just not vibing, you're not gelling or whatever it may be. You don't get along, I don't know, you know? And then the second I talked to Kayvon, like the second he opened his mouth and he said, hello, and we were talking, I felt so like at ease. I was like, oh, thank God. And that's when I knew that we had something special because I was like, you know, cause Guillermo and, and, and Nandor are, you know, it, kind of like the heart of the show, you know, it's just like the, their relationship, will they, won't they, their relationship is in turmoil, their, their aggression towards each other sometimes. And like, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful to see and even lovelier to play. Yeah, it, it's brilliant. It's kind of really, really what it is. And you mentioned Housewives, but I think for a lot of us, uh, what we do in the shadows was um, like a pandemic show or lockdown show for a lot of us. Um, yeah. And have, having filmed the third season with these characters um, and knowing that there are a lot of people who are big fans of the series, what was it like going into that and, and taking it to a third season? I mean, I think it hasn't really sunk in you know I know, we, I know people discovered us during the pandemic and during watching reruns are playing it on hulu and whatnot it was nice to have new people also we haven't really kind of been out and about you know in over almost two years so we really haven't seen the last comic con we went to was season one obviously and people were already hyped we had a sold out crowd it was a full house and um that already was enough like i was like oh my god this is amazing and then so we haven't really kind of seen the aftermath of like uh season two and people think about it because we haven't been able to kind of meet one-on-one -on -one in person with people but uh i'm starting to see the 
the outcome of it. I was walking down the street uh, here in Toronto um, with um, Veronica, who plays um, Beanie Fieldstein's roommate in season one. Remember, it was like, Siri, call 911. That was <laughs> um, I was walking, because she's a Toronto local, and so we were just walking, you know, and got together and went for a walk, and someone pulled up in a car next to us, and like, and they're like, are you? are you from are you Guillermo from what we do in the shadows and it's like you know we're we're not dressed in character we're not like you know don't have my hair parted in the middle or glasses or and we're wearing masks by the way we're wearing masks on <laughs> wow and we're wearing masks on the street and someone just spotted and just drove up next to us and set that and we we're like wow so if you saw us through a mask <laughs> i guess it made an impact on you <laughs> <laughs> that's wild um yeah. now there was an episode um where your character's brought before the Vampire Council, which is uh, uh, filled with famous vampires from other TV shows and movies. What was it like filming the episode and what did you think of the reaction it got? Well, that's so funny because we shoot out of order. So we shoot, uh, you know, one day and one single day you could be shooting episode one. And then also by lunchtime you're shooting episode six, a little bit of episode six. And then by dinner time you're shooting uh, uh, episode back to episode four so you go up and forth and but in like you so it for the first two seasons it really kind of like messes with your mind because especially for Guillermo because it, you know I'm trying to insert emotional um, trajectory for him of like going to where we're going with him for the vampires it's not so much because they just lust and feast and that's all they think about and so it doesn't really kind of like affect when we shoot out of order in one day but for me it was like an emotional roller coaster because it's like now we're shooting episode you know when you go and and kill those vampires in that in the 70s style home and it's like oh okay and then we're going to go back to this part and then sometimes you get to say you're like wait what is this part and it's like oh you're driving this car I'm like when did he get a car in episode five and so we haven't shot that yet <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the name of our podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. What are you currently obsessed with, Harvey? Um, I'm so obsessed with reality TV shows, well, the housewives in general right now. <laughs> I've been, I'm in Toronto right now and, I'm, and we're still in lockdown here. Um, it's not the luxury that we have in America. Uh, we are still kind of you know, holding down the fort. So I've been watching a lot of uh, Housewives, which is just a rabbit hole. Like I can't stop. Like it just started as one. It was like, well, let's see. And then, you know, but now at this point, I can honestly say I've seen at least one episode of all the franchise. So um, yeah, I'm a little obsessed with that right now. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be honest. I've never seen any of the Housewives. So if you were to advise me, like which one to start with, which one do I start with? Yeah, I would say... Work your way across the nation. <laughs> As say, what is it about that show that just just draws you in to watch it that much? I think it started off as a, like, a, oh, this is ridiculous. You know, like real people like putting their life on camera and it's so like dramatic. Um, but in a weird way, it's like cathartic to watch something that's like not scripted that um, is just like watching like a train wreck. <laughs> it's like, it is its own, you know, art. And you have to appreciate it, you know? And so I do, I really do appreciate it just because it, it makes me escape. Cause I, you know, like watching, I, I alternate, like I watch like a scripted series and I watch the full season and then I go back to it because I need to like cleanse my palate. <laughs> so it's a great palate cleanser. And then you be, realize that 
you kind of like the palate cleanser as a main dish for a while. <laughs> and you're just like, you know what? I'm going to continue to gobble this up. I read in another interview that you said uh, you could watch the movie Waiting for Guffman over and over. What about that movie appeals to you so much? I, I really was drawn to this. Weirdly enough, like I feel like this is full circle because I was drawn to this mockumentary style, you know, Waiting for Guffman, uh, Best in Show, um, For Your Consideration. Uh, all of these show, all of these, you know, guest movies um, that I just love that idea. I love the idea of a, of a, of a documentary crew following these real people and this uh, absurd, you know, like putting on a musical, getting their hopes up for a Broadway <laughs> pickup, uh, a dog show, a movie that's in the making that's getting buzzed for an Oscar that the characters um, start, you know, really falling into it. Like Catherine's amazing, you know, and uh, for your consideration. Uh, it's just that idea of like the documentary and turning to mockumentary is really kind of what I love and how lucky am I that I get to play that now <laughs> in a real show um, and and play it, you know, uh, with amazing people, so. Absolutely, and uh, I guess I wonder, have you ever been in a community theater play or community theater musical? Yeah, yeah, and no, I grew up doing, you know, community theater, I did, um, I did the dinner theater, uh, no. in college, I did dinner theater. Uh, yeah, and I really, I really appreciate those moments just because uh, I grew up being a theater kid. I loved performing. I fell in love with Annie, you know, when I was like six years old on TV. And I told my mom that I wanted to be that, that I wanted to be an orphan. And she looked at me weird. So <laughs> uh, the next best thing, she's like, no, that's an actor. I was like, oh, I want to be an actor. Um, so I really do like it and appreciate it um, just because I think that the hardest you know, every actor and performer is a hard worker, um, but I always think that people who have to do eight shows a week on stage with memorization, with music, with dance, with everything, and eight shows a week, like, you know, uh, that is that is an art. And so I always have mad respect for uh, theater performers. Um, but I want to wrap things up with a thing we do called pick one. And I give you a couple of things and you pick one. It doesn't mean that one thing is better than the other. And I encourage you to talk it out. So let's play pick one. All right. The first one is kettle chips with truffle oil and Parmesan or Tim Tams. Pick one. How did you know that those two things? <laughs> I, I read a little bit about Isa. <laughs> I was like, wait, you are definitely making this difficult. I have this small camera and I shouldn't tell this on everything. <laughs> yeah. um, that is so funny. Um, see, I can't have Tim's uh, or Ice Cap Tim's when I'm in LA, obviously, but I live in Canada basically now for work. So that's why I have Tim's, but it's really great. It's delicious. But my go-to would have to be kettle, black truffle, kettle chips um yeah with parmesan yeah that would be my go-to so good it's so i like the texture it's crunchy the say I'm, I'm a big black truffle uh connoisseur so i can have it on anything um but it just tastes so good and it just like brings like a regular you know chip it could be basic and just be like oh, a regular chip and just like zhuzh it up and i highly recommend it if you guys get a chance and you don't have to put parmesan it just just black truffle you know chips are delicious in themselves um change it up <laughs> all right i'm doing that again i have all these foods i have to eat now um uh, the next one i have is second city or upright citizens brigade pick one uh i would say ucb i have a lot of friends there i've done shows there um 
I really do like um, the product that they, you know, they advertise the the work that they do. And uh, mostly because I just have a lot of friends that I end up watching them perform there. All right. The last one I have is uh, pick one, the Thundermans or the Magicians. Ooh, uh, but they're too different, right? The exactly. Exactly. But they have both have the word the in them and they both have you in them. Right. Well, uh, <laughs> I have a, a soft place for both of them in my heart, a special place. But I mean, Nick, you know, the Thundermans was a superhero, which was kind of cool to play because you don't get a chance to play a superhero a lot. Um, so I got to wear tights and wear a cape and be a superhero on that show. But in Magicians, I was a magic map maker. So I got to live in Fillory where uh, beautiful architecture, boats and all that. So I would say aesthetically magicians because that the moonshot ship was amazing and uh it's just beautiful and but then also benedict's tragic um ending was a real topic of conversation that people were having because you judge a book by its cover and he was dealing with some really heavy stuff and the key that he was holding the key of truth where like you know that kind of shows you what you're really feeling and not showing um, was a very special episode, you know? Um, so I would say for this one, Magicians. And is there anything else did you that you wanted to mention before we wrap? No, just a happy Pride and it's June and I hope everyone's having a wonderful month and uh, and going towards a better future. Absolutely, I can't, can't agree more. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Patrick. I want to thank Harvey for chatting with me, and I want to thank you for listening. Werewolves Within is in theaters on June 25th and available on demand July 2nd. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like this episode, please rate it. Until next time, take care.